Greetings, this is Douglas Gimple, Senior Portfolio Specialist at Diamond Hill Capital Management, and this is Understanding Edge. I'm joined today on the podcast by Diamond Hill's Brian Bath, and we'll be discussing his recent industry perspectives piece, which examines John Deere and the evolution of high-tech precision agriculture. You can find Brian's industry perspectives piece at www.diamond-hill.com. Brian is a research analyst at Diamond Hill covering energy, materials, industrials, and utilities, and is a graduate of Miami University in Oxford, Ohio. We're getting closer and closer to a return to the office, but for now, we're still recording these podcasts remotely. So I ask for your patience with any sound issues that may arise. As always, stay safe and stay healthy, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Brian Bath. Brian, thanks for joining the podcast to discuss your industry perspectives piece titled Harvesting Value. John Deere is a company that clearly defines brand recognition with the mention of the company name bringing to mind well-known green farm equipment. That simple recognition is a clear competitive advantage, but your piece examines another advantage the company has, its leadership position in the high-tech precision agriculture space. Before we get into some of the detailed aspects of John Deere's business, Can you educate myself and the listeners as to what exactly high-tech precision agriculture is and how Deere has built such an advantage in this space? Thanks for having me. Um, Really, uh, what precision ag comes down to is uh, just making the farmer more efficient. So uh, it can be something as simple as just GPS that the farmers can kind of track where their machinery is at and making sure that they're on the right path and it goes up to one of the more newer products is called Sea and Spray from Deer, where the you know, equipment is outfitted with cameras and sensors and uh, artificial intelligence actually is able to look at the you know, field out in front of the equipment and determine whether something is a weed or a plant and spray exactly on that weed, the herbicide it needs, and then right on that plant, the, the exact mixture of fertilizer that it needs to kind of uh, incre- increase yields and, and, and really help uh, kind of the output for the farmers. So that, that's kind of the, t- the two ends of the spectrums and, and kind of everything in between there um, really fits into what Precision Ag is. Uh, you know, Deer's been investing in this for a long time. And, and I think, again, going f- from the more you know, basic level and then realizing the, the kind of capabilities that can come from it. The newest CEO, he kind of helped get the ball rolling uh, with Precision Ag and kind of, kind of ran that operation uh, before taking over the COO and then eventually the CEO role. Um, so that, that, you know, investing internally. And then in 2017, they you know, made an acquisition of uh, Blue, River, Blue River Technologies, which brought the, the full stack AI into the business. And that was, that's where that sea and spray technology really came from. You know, so they bought, you know, brought it in in early stages and kind of helped grow it from there. And what really helps Deer have a, a strong position is having it in-house. Uh, many of their competitors have used third-party uh, providers in the past, just basically buying their system and equipment and plugging it into um, you know their machinery. With Deer having it in-house, you know the, the local dealers that are part of Deer's extensive network are going to have the expertise to help support the farmers on, on any technical issues and, and really help them manage the data that they're able to gather um, on their on their work from, from this technology. So that's what, that's what really kind of adds to Deer's advantage is just that they got an early start, brought in some things, uh, some external providers in-house, and then just their dealer network kind of adds to that by, by just providing really great customer service. 
So after reading your piece, I have a new appreciation for the position that John Deere holds in the farm equipment manufacturing and sales business. Can you talk about how John Deere has evolved throughout the years to become such a dominant force in this business through customer loyalty, product innovation, and operational efficiency? I think it really starts with just a focus on a high quality product and just supporting that end user, you know, being the best uh, kind of provider for the, for the farmer that, that they can be. When you look at the um, kind of focus on quality product, the, the, it really boils down to, okay, we need our equipment to run better and longer and have less breakdowns in between, you know, during the lifespan that that farmer owns the equipment so that they don't miss any, you know, miss any time out in the field and that their operation can run smoothly and just that they essentially aren't losing time and money working on their machines. And, and kind of adding to that is that they deliberately built out, built out this huge dealer network that just really is unmatched when you look at the competitors that really any farmer in the U.S. is going to be within a short distance of a local dealer that if something does break down, they're going to be able to likely be able to get it fixed that day and back out doing the work. So in a crucial you know, harvesting and planting season, you don't have to worry about missing days or a week of work because your equipment's run down. It's you will be able to get back out there and, and get back to work. And, and so that's really what has kind of built that, you know, customer loyalty, the brand recognition is that it's just, you know, they're everywhere and, and people want those products because of the quality and the support that you know that you're going to get um, from the kind of internal operational efficiency. Um, you know, it starts with the customer and then management took a real focus on, okay, how do we add value for our shareholders? And about 20 years ago, they adopted this um, shareholder value added model or philosophy, uh, you know, SBA is what they refer to it. And just basically how does each decision affect shareholder value? And, and really since then you've seen just a, a continuously gradual step up in margins and cash flow, and just a real focus on efficiency of the business. You're, you're managing costs, you're, you're really just doing everything you can to maximize shareholder value while still providing great, uh, a great experience for the customer. And so I think that's how uh, Deere's kind of built this uh, ecosystem for the, for, for the company and business going forward that it, they really just kind of hit all the, the key points. In last month's industry perspectives, your colleague Scott Williams talked about mergers and acquisitions in the technology industry and how a company can grow and develop by either building new technology or acquiring it. And it sounds like John Deere has taken this dual approach to expand their product offerings using both internally developed as well as purchased technology to expand their offerings to clients. You talked about some of them already. What are some of the other innovative technologies that John Deere is bringing to farmers across the world? whether through acquisitions or internally developed products? One of the ones I haven't mentioned yet is uh, precision planting. Uh, basically what it does is based on the, the seed and, and the, the, one, the quality of the seed, the type of plant, all, the, the soil quality, all of that, um, the machinery will place the seed at the appropriate depth and within the soil and, and it varies from plant to plant and seed to seed. And, and just so it, it goes through again, it's all to put the seed at the appropriate depth and allow it to kind of maximize its growth potential or yield potential. And, and so it, you know, a lot of this tech is just kind of geared towards maximizing the yield per acre and just the efficiency of the farmer. And 
really the, the I mean the one that it, I think is a real step function improvement from what we've seen is that see and spray technology that I, you know I touched on earlier. Um, the amount of cost savings that the farmer can experience when you're not just covering the entire field with pesticides, herbicides, fertilizer, but just really targeting each individual plant and weed and and just spraying a real specific amount on that particular plant and not covering the whole field. It, you know, we're looking at reduction in chemical use, maybe up to, you know, 50 plus percent. Um, you know, some of the test data was up to 90% reduction. It, it, that's, I don't know that that's been seen in practice, but, you know, the, the, the potential is there to really focus in and, and bring costs down for the farmers. And an additional benefit of that is just not only does it reduce costs for the farmer, but it's also kind of reducing the, the impact on the environment with a re, uh, reduced uh, amount of chemicals that you're using. So, you know, these are uh, all this precision ag tech. It's you know, putting more money in the farmer's pocket. It's you know, reducing the CO2 emissions by making the machinery more efficient and not having to kind of double the work. You're able to you know, get things done in a, in a shorter amount of time and not have machines running um, kind of double duty. So there, there is a lot going on there that, that really um, helps take down costs for the farmer and makes things better for them. And, and the other thing, it's not necessarily a specific technology that Deere provides, but I talked about having it in-house and the dealers be, being there for support, but they have a digital dashboard that will essentially let you monitor all of these systems from, from one location. And you have the dealer there backing you up with technical support. And so you can kind of monitor the progress of your machines and you can check to see if there's going to be any issues that you might want to get looked at from at the dealer, try and get a kind of a preemptive repair in before the a crucial part of the season begins. And it really is just allowing you to adjust what area of the fields maybe need a little more attention. You know, if you're if one part, you have one area of the field's not growing the way another is, you can kind of really dig into the data and see what's going on there. So I think that is another advantage of that in having that in-house product from Deer is that you can really monitor all of this together and, and have the technical support you need as you implement it. Um, and it's and they've really and they've built it out too that. If you have a farmer that has, a, has mixed equipment in their, in their fleet, you can still integrate the precision ag from that you know, non-deer equipment into what you're using with deer. So they've set it up so that the farmer can have a, you know, a complete picture of what their farm is producing, what their equipment is doing for them, uh, and really maximize that return. So Brian, you and I spoke on a different podcast about autonomous vehicles and the growth of that industry and how impactful it can be to the overall transportation industry. What are the expectations, if any, for a future with farm equipment that runs on its own, handling the more mundane aspects of farming and agriculture while the farmer just kind of takes that role of overseeing everything that's going on? Yeah, I think at some point we we may get there right now. We already have some smaller tractors that run without an operator. But some of the larger equipment does a good bit by itself, but still has someone in the cab. But yeah, there there is a lot of the automation already built in. And so I, I think it's more of just continuing to improve it as opposed to introducing something that's completely new uh, at this point. When you think about the farm equipment, it's running on a, it doesn't have to compete with other cars on the road. Like we will see with light vehicles and things like that. So it's it's a lot, it's a easier problem to solve than on-road functions. So I, 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 you know, I think we're already seeing a little bit of 
it start to penetrate the market, I think it'll just be kind of a, the slow trickle effect where just more and more becomes automated. Because let's face it, the, the number of farmers that are around are, are fewer and fewer. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's not the same percentage of employment as it, that it used to be and that trend's likely to continue. And so I think more and more has to become automated and uh, there's been a lot of consolidation of farmland. And so you have more mega farmers as opposed to a lot of individual ones. And so again, it's you're trying to maximize efficiency and the way to do that is to automate things. So I, yeah, I think it, it's just, it's gonna take time, but yeah, over time we'll see highly automated farm equipment for sure. John Deere holds, as we've talked about, an industry leading position in market share in the precision agriculture space. What does the future look like for Deere as these technologies continue to develop and expand? The future, you know, at least with respect to Deere's position in the industry looks a lot like it does today. I, you know, I touched on the operations of the business and just the, the cash flow generation that they have the, the resources to continue to invest to invest in this and continue to grow this side of the business and look for those kind of game-changing technologies that are out there. It, you know, it's yet to be seen kind of what's next, but that's part of what's exciting with our job is trying to figure out what that next step is going to be and, and figure out who's going to be able to make that jump, how they're going to make it and kind of what the end result will be and, and what the total benefit will be. So you know, I think a few years ago, I never would have thought there'd be something like the, the seed and spray technology yet, you know, it's here today. So uh, yeah, it's hard to say where we'll be, but I, I feel like John Deere is set up, you know, to be a, a key part of it, whatever that future looks like. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's one of the benefits of having that long-term view is that we may not know what the future is going to look like, but we know that you know, this company, this business is set up to succeed in that future, whatever it may be. Um, and so that's kind of how we're looking at it now. We'll just have to see how these precision ag technologies penetrate the market and early signs look like it's very well received. And so, and so I kind of expect it to keep growing and keep finding new functionality out of the technology to really just, again, going back to improving farmer efficiency, improving farmer yields, um, and really just benefiting the customer as much as they can. Well, Brian, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Um, you can find his industry perspectives piece at www.diamond-hill.com. Uh, Brian, again, thanks so much for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. This material is for informational purposes and is prepared by Diamond Hill Capital Management. The opinions expressed are as of the date of publication and are subject to change. These opinions are not intended to be a forecast of future events, a guarantee of future results, or investment advice. Reliance upon this information is at the sole discretion of the listener. Investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal.